comes out to Zuki, working in, right side, saved by Leonard, rebound, another stop Leonard, puck into the slot, Toffoli shoots, stopped by Robin Leonard, and the rebound goes wide. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Nolan Patrick comes in, drops it off, out and shoots, he scores! The former Ranger! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace, Millard, we're out here at Finley Volkswagen in the Valley Auto Mall. You're going to want to get down here. Darren will have all the details on that in just a moment. But Chris Chapman... Back in the country, back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... We are ready to go into one of those stretches with the Vegas Golden Knights where it's going to be either game day or not game day. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be any Tuesday or Friday or Sunday anymore. As of tomorrow night, it turns into game day or not game day. That's how busy the next stretch is going to be for the Vegas Golden Knights. And when I say stretch, that covers uh, 30 games, and you're talking uh, end of the season. Uh, we're going we're going into April with this thing, uh, with uh, what Vegas has for a schedule, and it's and it's a good schedule. It's a kind schedule compared to some of these teams, mm-hmm. but uh, they're going to play 16 games in the month of March. Uh, we've got uh, a jam packed weekend coming up uh, in Arizona, and then back home against Colorado. It's going to get wild, woolly, and a whole lot of hectic uh, environment uh, around the Vegas Golden Knights. I like that wild and woolly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's. It, admittedly, like the, the time off has been great for me, and, and I'm, I'm assuming great for you to kind of recharge, but uh, the, the schedule in the month of March and, and April is really astounding because, as you mentioned, Darren, it is going to be game day or non-game day. There's back-to-back situations for the Golden Knights. It starts right out of the right out of the break here friday saturday as you mentioned and you know for the golden knights i think that there's there's an element of of kind of desire to get back into the groove of an nhl regular season and and have it feel somewhat normal to play three to four games in a week and 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 get back on that uh, on that time frame nice to get into the groove of a season that's one thing but everybody's now caught up when it comes to games played yeah we know where teams sit in the Western Conference and in the Pacific Division. There's no having to factor in points percentage. That's going out the window here. It's about checking that one column, that most important column, and that's the points for the Vegas Golden Knights. And when you look at the standings right now, you realize that the Golden Knights are in the midst of a very tight, tense situation for first place in the Pacific Division. The trade deadline is going to have an impact on what teams uh, will be able to do to challenge for the first place uh, standing in the Pacific Division. But health will also have a a role to play, and that's uh, primarily where we're looking at with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, with five players uh, out uh, at the last uh, check. Uh, We'll see what we can get uh, for this weekend against Arizona and Colorado. But uh, being able to add some of these players back in the next month or two uh, will be a, a significant advantage. But, uh, yeah, the the playoff race is what takes over. We we jump back in after a, a pause and uh, almost like a, 
a training camp environment uh, for the Golden Knights with what they've been able to work on a practice and have some really hard practices. Uh, that changes we tomorrow. We turn the page into what is a legitimate stretch drive, uh, probably a little earlier than, than we anticipated uh, because at the start of the season, there was the uh, thought that if Vegas was healthy and, and playing uh, up to their potential, they would have a advantage at this point on the rest of the field in the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. Well, health left in game two, <laughs> and health has not returned. So in the absence of health, it's uh, turned into a significant uh battle to to put yourself into a top three position vegas has done that now the uh the real work starts to trying to knock down that uh that number one seat and uh and put uh put that wall up behind you as you exit uh exit into the the channel of con- contention yeah i mean i think that the the most important thing right now is that if you are the golden knights if you're head coach pete DeBoer, like you know exactly what the standing shake out for the most part, obviously the the team that still has some games in hand is the Calgary Flames, but that, that that's the team that you're trying to track down if you're the Vegas Golden Knights for top spot in the division. You kind of have a general idea of where L.A. and Edmonton are. The Anaheim Ducks continue to fall off. It's looking more and more like uh, the 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 Ducks are are one of those teams that's falling out of contention at least for a wild card spot certainly out of contention for top three in the division and so for the Golden Knights you know what your competition is you know that you've got LA and you've got Edmonton right behind you now it's just a matter of going out winning hockey games process not no process doesn't really matter at this point until the Golden Knights get healthy I think the only thing that you're really hoping for really looking for for this team is to find ways to collect two points because the injuries all year long have been substantial and they've been constant the the time off here has been welcome because Robin Leonard has been out of the lineup. Zach Whitecloud's uh, recovering from the broken foot. Uh, then you have uh, different players in in the form of Alec Martinez still going through uh, his situation in in trying to get healthy. So you bought yourself uh, a little bit of time where you weren't playing a lot of games. We'll see this weekend. Does Leonard come back? Mm-hmm. Does that give you your your goaltending tandem? Uh, to to play the final 30 games together. Does Zach Whitecloud return this weekend? He's practiced this week. Uh, If he does, well, then you've got five or six defensemen that you penciled in uh, at the start of the year. Big improvement, big added depth uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, never mind the fact that every time he seems to come back from something, he scores two goals, uh, which is is key. And and we've got to put the hat-trick watch on uh, for... uh, Zach Whitecloud, and and then you've got uh, a couple other players who are just uh, kind of in that uh, that not day to day, not week to week, but uh, a status that is that is very loose, and uh, that's Mark Stone uh, and certainly Alec Martinez, who uh, Mark uh, is not on the ice. Uh, Alec is, but their status is almost the same. It's it's unknown and and processing it, uh, and and we'll see how far down the road they can get uh, before those players make it back but uh, uh, white uh, white cloud is going to help martinez is a player that like by all accounts we thought that he was going to be back sooner mm-hmm. now you have to start looking at is this the defense that that you're going to have for this year is this the defense that you're going to have to work with, or do the golden knights make a move at the trade deadline to shore up their blue line um just 
because of the uncertainty uh, of where Alec Martinez is. And then the the, the big piece uh, that you're looking at is, is, is Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. And does he get back into the lineup? Is he able to get back into the lineup uh, before the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs to give uh, him uh, some runway to make sure that he's prepared? So there's some good news on the horizon. And then there's a whole bunch of mystery beyond the uh, – the status of White Cloud and Robin Leonard. Yeah, I mean that's been the the entire season for the Golden Knights, and you know I, I think your thought on on you know the defense right now for the Golden Knights. I, I, I'd like to see what this defense looks like with Zach Whitecloud back in the lineup. You're getting some some really solid minutes again from Ben Hutton on a night-in, night-out basis, and it'll be like the first time in a while that the Golden Knights will be able to, uh, assuming Whitecloud comes back this weekend, that they'll be able to try some different configurations, some different combinations in a while. And I think that that's going to be important for this team to, to get a gauge on what this defense core can be with White Cloud in the fold. And then you, you're you hopeful, right? I think everyone's hopeful that at some point here, Alec Martinez is going to be ready to go, cleared to play, because you know, as we've talked about many times, there's something about Alec Martinez and his ability to play with really strong, great defensemen. And, and we saw it with Shea Theodore. We saw it with Alex Petrangelo. And there's something about the, the, the way that, that he is able to feed off of elite players that we haven't seen from, from other guys within, within this lineup. So um, I would like to, when it comes to defending in the Golden Knights, I want to see White Cloud back in the fold. I want to see what that does to the pairs. And then I want to see, hopefully at some point here, Alec Martinez back in the lineup for the Golden Knights. If that doesn't happen, then I think you've got to start looking at maybe fortifying a bit as you get to the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, and that is the the big mystery right now. He, he looks great on the ice, and, yeah. and, he, and he's working hard. So uh, that's a positive. When he is cleared, when he does take that next step, uh, it's going to be uh, much less of a transition for him. Sure. Uh, then instead of being off for for three months and and dealing with uh, with some rust coming off it, game speed is. We watched that and have talked about that uh, when it comes to Jack Eichel getting up to game speed. But uh, I, I like the the idea of when Alec Martinez is ready to go, that he'll be able to step in uh, in, in a seamless fashion. They, they oh, By the way, not only injury, but Pete DeBoer said that they wanted to practice today and didn't. They held an optional mm-hmm. because a bit of flu going through the team. So even even like you can't even catch a break on that side of it, and and Pete rolling his eyes uh, a little bit like we we had uh, a great hardworking practice yesterday, and they worked really hard. It was a long as long a practice as I can recall uh, in a long long time uh, around the Vegas Golden Knights, and then they plan to do some stuff uh, again today, but uh, due to the the the. Uh, bug going through the team they decided to ease off that uh, just a little bit so it'll be interesting to see whether that affects the lineup mm-hmm. at least on the short term mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow night uh, whether they're able to go with their the regular combinations that we've witnessed up front uh, as of late and certainly uh, whether or not uh, they'll have their their complement of uh, of defensemen which hopefully includes Zach Whitecloud no status update on, on that other than uh, hey he certainly looked good in practice and and Ben Hutton uh, has been good, so we'll we'll see what happens on, on that front. Uh, just uh, just talking about uh, this return to play, Vegas is at four days off mm-hmm. between games. Four days between games, they come with a back to back, and there's five sets of back to backs in the final thirty games. So so ten of your thirty games are involved in some kind of back to back. So that's going to play a role. They're really good 
in that situation. Yep. Uh, best in the National Hockey League, seven, two, and one so far uh, this year in back-to-back scenarios. So that's that's a real positive when you're looking at uh, the jammed up schedule. But the way they come out of this February, where it's been herky-jerky as far as games are concerned, they play Arizona tomorrow night in Arizona. Okay. And then at home to Colorado. Best team in the National Hockey League fighting, but going back and forth. Would you rather face Arizona to start and then Colorado in the second half because you get a chance to really get your feet wet and mm-hmm. underneath you and find some momentum. But knowing that you're going to face Colorado uh, the next night in a, in a back-to-back scenario, or would you rather face Colorado out of the gate, be fresh for them, and then have Arizona on the back half? I've, I've been mulling this over in my head today, mm-hmm. and I'm not really sure that I have a definitive answer. Okay, well, the way that I look at it, um, I would rather have Colorado first. And and the only reason I say that is I I want all my energy, all my focus, everything in the buildup to getting back on the ice to be against the Colorado Avalanche. I just do. I would would much rather have an opponent that, by all accounts and, and by virtue of where they're at in the standings, is a easier opponent on the second half of a back-to-back. I think it gives you a better opportunity to get three of, of the four points if you if you play it that way. Um, but, I mean, it's tough, right? Because I, I think if you're not ready to skate or you're behind just a little bit because you're, you're not in the rhythm of a game, uh, that first game against Colorado is going to be tough if that's yeah. how it goes. So uh, there's pros and cons on both sides. But I just I think that given the way the Golden Knights have been able to come off of breaks, given you know the last back-to-back that they had right out of a break, they played pretty well in that first game, not so great in the second game. Um, I'd rather have Colorado first than Arizona second. Uh, I'm going the other way, mm-hmm. like not not definitively, but just being <laughs> able to to get your uh, mojo going sure, a yeah. little bit, and yeah. especially this this team that uh, that has had trouble scoring o- over the last five games uh they they wiped away a little bit of that uh narrative uh last time out but uh, there is that uh that stat part and and pete DeBoer said uh, it seems every game there's somebody that's that's in a drought uh maybe you go into or give yourself a chance to go into glendale and and throw a few on the board like they did the last time they went into and uh, faced the coyotes in that rank and then you've got some confidence you've got some 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 momentum going in in your favor and you've got uh, any type of uh, residual effects of of having uh, only played a few games over the course of the last 15 days uh, is wiped away and you're in a better standing against Colorado there's no there's no good situation to face Colorado right now no not particularly none and uh the, the likelihood of facing Arizona as the second game, you'd like to go, okay, well, we can handle that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's also putting yourself in a position where it's the second game of back-to-back, and, and, and we know that uh, the teams can be vulnerable there. But it's, it's, a, it's a really uh, interesting situation, uh, the way that, uh, that, it, that it shapes up. Like, you wouldn't draw it up that you've got Colorado as the second game of a back-to-back. That's not a fun situation. No. But – Given the interesting circumstances of coming off four days without playing, uh, it kind of there's a 
a way to, to swing it to say that, that it works in Vegas's favor. Yeah, I mean, you you are looking at Arizona as a break-in game, right? Because, you know, if you're the Golden Knights and, and you don't have your, your dialed-in best effort, you can still find enough within this lineup given what we know to to beat Arizona. And then at that point, you're rolling into this Colorado game with a little bit of confidence. Like, I, I get that 100%. I, I just I look at it and I say, you know what? For the Golden Knights, we have seen them play some of their best hockey when they have played against some of the best teams in the league. And I think if you understand and you have an opportunity to kind of show out with rest against the best team in the league, uh, a team that shut you out a week and a half ago, I, I'd rather have that opportunity when you're fresh and you're ready to go right off the bat. And then you, you kind of hope for the best against Arizona. And that's a, a much better team to hope for the best against as opposed to Colorado. So last time we saw the Golden Knights was a 4-1 win in San Jose. Yep. Uh, before that, you had uh, the game that uh, that involved the LA Kings in which you lost in overtime. Mm-hmm. But you got three of the last four points uh, in that weekend. You take a pause. When they f- return from, from San Jose, they return with the third goaltender having picked up the win. Laurent Brossois was the backup, and Robin Leonard w- was out. Well, Leonard's practiced this week. Uh-huh. Big Big step. Yeah. When they returned from San Jose, Zach Whitecloud wasn't part of that victorious group, but he's practiced this week, and he's looked good. And they were in Paris yesterday, and he was taking a regular turn uh, in, the, in the in the line rushes. That's great. So you can you can make a case that if not tomorrow night, then very soon. Mm-hmm. The Golden Knights are going to have one of their top four defensemen and their number one goaltending back. That's great, and they'll have their tandem back, especially in this in this back to back situation. Uh, I, th- I think there's there's real reason for for optimism, and then so then you've just got three guys out: Nolan Patrick, Alec Martinez, and Mark Stone. That, just. that that well, but that's as. Yeah small of the as the group's been in a long time i'm with you it just it, it, it really underscores what type of season this has been for the golden mm-hmm. knights when you can look at the injury report and say well you're just missing nolan patrick mark stone and alec martinez yeah. and at some point you look at that and you feel okay about it you feel pretty good about it you feel like it's it's as it's as good as it's been all year that just gives you an idea of how up against it the golden knights have been when when it comes to injuries right and and martinez practiced mm-hmm so three of the five were on this. Nolan Patrick practiced, yeah. took the option today uh, in the in the uh, red sweater. So four of the five are visible and are out there and are on skates. I, I think that there's a real reason that you can take that as as a optimistic uh, where they are right now. If Leonard's healthy, okay, do you start him in the first game, or do you? go with the traditional sense that Mm -hmm. you would save your number one guy for the more difficult opponent yeah that's a that's a really interesting question i i would be i think more inclined to go with robin leonard the first game back totally because because he hasn't played in a minute right like i want i want my number one guy getting into game action as quickly as possible um, you're you're putting him in a pretty good spot against a, a, an Arizona team, and you know I'm encouraged by how well Loren Brossois played the last time that uh, the Golden Knights played against the Colorado Avalanche. 
Uh, I, I want my, my number one guy getting in as, as uh, the first opportunity, the first game that he has available to him. And the last game that Robin Leonard played was the uh, disappointing performance, not by him, but mm-hmm. by the team in Calgary, yep. Yep. coming off the 6 nothing. uh Loss against the the Flames, who have charged to first place in the Pacific Division. I think you just want to give him give him some mm-hmm. something to to work off of yep. a little bit of uh, a foundation. I, I, I'm with you that and that goes against conventional wisdom, and and that's changed over the years. It used to be you always started your number one guy in the first half. Yeah, game one of a back to back. Yeah, and then the the backup. You rolled the dice there, and that was he was gonna get what he got mm-hmm. yeah. in the second game, and it was regardless <laughs> of opponent whether yeah. you were playing uh, the U uh, sixteen uh, team or you were playing the Florida Panthers this year. This this one's a, a little unique because you can see you can you can make a case certainly, Ryan, mm-hmm. if you wanted to to sell me on well, it's the Arizona Coyotes; they're not gonna make the playoffs. Everybody's distracted there, wondering where they're gonna be traded to. Right now, well, why wouldn't you start the backup there? Except the backups played more than the starter mm-hmm. recently, and the backup with the Vegas Golden Knights has some really good numbers going. Mm-hmm. An opportunity to pick up his tenth win uh, of the season tomorrow night. So it uh, it's it's another one of those decisions that coaches don't always have to make because usually it's. Oh, the the schedule tells mm-hmm. you when sure. when things are going to go. Yeah, Th- this one there's there's a real um, dilemma, I guess you could say. You could look at both sides and 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 sell me on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here for the arguments on on both sides, but I, I just think that you have an opportunity to break Robin Leonard in, get him into a game as quickly as possible, and. You know, you're you're giving him something to feel confident about. I think you're giving the team something to feel confident confident about. And you know, Laurent Brossois is in is in a rhythm as as much of a rhythm as as you can get on this Golden Knights team that's been herky jerky all month. Um, I I would go Robin Leonard and and gear up and try to get those two points against the Arizona Coyotes because you know at, on top of all of this, on top of figuring out where is the best position to, to give you the best option to win to win hockey games. Like you've got to bank points. Like there are teams in this in this yeah. race right now where every point's important. And and if you want to load up on a team that's going to miss the playoffs in Arizona, you want to start your ace there. I'm okay with it because the Golden Knights need to win more often than not. Is this the ultimate one in the hand better than two in the bush? Yeah, I think so. Like just get out there, uh-huh. make sure you get it, and yeah. uh, you'd like to get uh, make it a convincing win so you can. Roll four lines and and make sure that uh, especially if this flu bug uh, has has an impact on on the roster uh, tomorrow night you can spare some of the wear and tear of of a back to back scenario yeah. you'd, you'd love that but you need tomorrow night is huge sure just to give yourself some some flexibility going into Saturday mm-hmm. against the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I, I think I think you you look at this game against the Arizona Coyotes, you place a lot of importance on it. If you're if you're Pete DeBoer, if you're the the Golden Knights team, the, these are important two points and, and these are games against Arizona the Golden Knights are supposed to win, right? And, and you've got to find a way to to get those performances out of your team and I think the best way to do it is if Robin Leonard's good to go, ready to go. You can lean on your goaltender, your number one guy, to go in there, give you a performance, and then, you know, you you, you want to take care of that first 
end of the back-to-back, and then you see kind of where things fall in the second half. Uh, we have a lot to get to over the course of the next, uh, well, 90 minutes uh, now, uh, but uh, a lot of fun uh, hockey talk coming up in one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. We'll get into uh, some stuff that's uh, occurred over the last couple of days. Uh, we'll also chat on the Henderson Silver Knights with Brian McCormick, the voice of uh, that hockey club. And we broadcast from Finley Volkswagen here in Henderson. We've got a couple of tickets to Saturday night's game against the Colorado Avalanche. The first person down here, mm-hmm. the first person to come and visit us in the showroom, I'm going to give two tickets to the Avs and the Golden Knights on Saturday. Not come down and fill out a ballot, just be the first person in here. And it may be a race, so the person that picks up the pen, the green pen, on the desk first, you win the two tickets. It's the VGK Insider Show coming back with Brian McCormick uh, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM doubleheader of a professional hockey for the city of Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Valley as the Henderson Silver Knights will play on uh, Saturday afternoon and uh, then the Golden Knights on Saturday night and uh, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights Brian McCormick joins us uh, now as the the Henderson Silver Knights start a uh, a doubleheader against the San Diego Gulls uh, this weekend and I just want to say Brian and I have been on back-to-back calls together leading up to this uh, this conversation so Brian and I have actually been talking to each other for probably 70 of the last 85 minutes. Wow. Uh, not long enough. Not, not, not long enough, uh, and, uh, and we're, we're looking forward to this. Um, last night, uh, not the way that, uh, that things wanted to go for, for Henderson, but give us the, the little bit of uh, a table setter for where things are with this Henderson Silver Knights right now. Yeah, you know, Darren, for the Silver Knights last night, it wasn't what they wanted. They lost 4-1 to the Ontario Reign, the Reign who are now uh, even with the Stockton Heat for the top spot in the Pacific. So, uh, Silver Knights have been in uh, win one, lose one mode for a little bit. Now they're just coming off a six-game road trip that they split, uh, winning a loss in Bakersfield, in Colorado, and then in Tucson. So, you know, right now the Silver Knights, they're fifth in the Pacific, but they're right in, uh, you know, jockeying shoulder to shoulder with Bakersfield and Colorado and kind of a, a glut in the middle of the division. Uh, and they get ready to take on a San Diego team that has uh, struggled mightily this year. They've won three of their last ten. Um, but, you know, the Silver Knights were facing a similar situation in Tucson last weekend, and that was a roadrunner team that gave them a, a lot of fights. So, you know, I, I think right now for the Silver Knights, it's, it's been what the entire season has been, and the coaching staff has mentioned that, you know, that they've had a hard time this year getting on any kind of a, of a run. You know, I, the longest winning streak they've had is four games. I think they had a three-game winning streak. But other than that, it's mostly been two wins, one loss, two losses, one win. Nothing snowballs in either direction. Uh, and, you know, that, that helps you maintain. It keeps you right in the middle where they are in fifth. But, you know, it's, it's right around that time now, that two-thirds mark of the season, where you start to look to, to kind of build some sort of momentum towards, uh, towards you know, meaningful spring hockey. So last night for the Silver Knights, they played really well defensively. They did against a team that leads the league in scoring, leads the league in uh, power play percentage. But the Ontario power play struck twice. And, you know, it's, it's a team that if you if – you, I kind of compared it earlier today. It's like – it's like when you're, when you're afraid in, in football of someone beating you at the home run pass and you're defending against it. Well, if you shut that down, that's great. But if they dink and dunk and move the chains, eventually they're going to score regardless. Uh, and the Silver Knights did a really good job defensively yesterday, but it was just kind of that drip, drip, drip. And over the course of 60 minutes, it's, you know, the Ontario Ravens still put up four goals. And I think what that just proves is that it's just going to be a really tough Ontario team for, for anyone to beat this year. Uh, and that becomes one of the targets uh, by season's end because 
some point you're probably going to need to go through the rain. You know, Brad, I'm interested to, to kind of get your thoughts on, on what you're seeing that's, that's leading to the inability to kind of string together maybe a win streak. Why it's, it's, it's win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Like, are there any external factors that are leading to that? Or what, what can you deduce from, from watching this team, seeing this team every single day? Yeah, you know, Ryan, I think what part of it might be is uh, it, it, I, I deduced it from a comment that Manny Viveros made after the game last night. Uh, and not to read too much into it, but he, you know, we asked about Pavel Dorofiev, who has, uh, I want to say, four goals in five games against Ontario. You know, against the top teams, he's put up some pretty good numbers. And one of the things he said is, you know, Pavel has a, a skill set that not that many other players have, uh, which is just that pure goal scorer's touch. And for the Silver Knights, if, if you think about it, this year, you know, Pavel Dorofiev is having a great year. Uh, Gage Quinney hasn't been able to be in the lineup consistently. He's been in and out with uh, with injury or illness. Jake Lecision, Jonas Romberg, Paul Cotter. Paul Cotter has seven goals in his last eight. They, they have players who are having terrific years. Having said that, they don't have too many of those 40-goal, 80-point game-breaker types, I guess. So, so I, what that all comes down to is there was a stretch where Jake Lecision and Jonas Romberg were the hottest people on the planet, and they strung together some wins. And while both of those players are putting up great offensive numbers, you know, there haven't been that many players all getting hot at once. So, you know, with that, you have players playing good, dependable, uh, you know, responsible hockey, but you don't have a game-breaker who's just playing out of his mind. You don't have two of them simultaneously that sometimes can help fuel a six, seven, eight-game win streak like the Silver Knights had last year when Danny O'Regan and Dylan Secura had some really good runs offensively. So I think that's part of it. They've gotten pretty good goal. They've gotten very good goaltending from Yuri Patera and Dylan Ferguson. Of course, Logan Thompson is up. Uh, and Logan Thompson being up could also be a factor, too, of why things have been a little bit uh, even-keeled. But, but I'd say that that's part of what it is, is that right now the Silver Knights are playing good hockey. They're playing sound hockey. Um, but they haven't had too many game breakers of late uh, working in concert. Uh, tell me about Alan Quine. Alan Quine, you know what? We mentioned uh, game breakers. I wouldn't say game breaker, although he has game breaking talent. What they were hoping he was going to be when they signed him in the summer, he was hurt last February. Lower body injury ended his season, and they knew it was going to be until around January, around 11 months until he was even going to be able to play, they still signed him to an AHL contract in the summer. And part of the reason was veteran leadership, proven track record. They knew that they could insert him into the lineup midseason. And, I mean, my words, but that's kind of like a, a trade deadline acquisition right, right there. If you just take a player like that and drop him right in. And he's been phenomenal. I want to say he's had five multi-point games in his last nine or somewhere in that, in that area. You know, 10 points over his last seven, and, and that was after missing, you know, almost a year. So it took him a few games to knock off the cobwebs, as you would expect. But he's been arguably the, the best playmaker, I think, over the course of the last six or seven games. And, and the power play is where you really notice it. Uh, there was a look he had last night on the power play where he gets a, a pass from the far corner. He's on the left circle on his tape. He walks in three strides and then does a behind-the-back pass to Derek Pouliot at the point for a one-timer that it didn't go, but it was that kind of patience and vision and to see two or three options ahead of the obvious. Uh, he's been exactly what they want. He got his first goal during the road trip, his first goal with the Silver Knights, um, and uh, he said that, that took a little pressure off because it was on his mind. It's not even like he'd had a drought. He just 
hadn't scored a goal in a calendar year. He hadn't had a chance to. So he said that alleviated a little bit of, of uh, the, the weight he was putting on himself. Um, but he's been very, very good and strong, uh, stronger each game. And when he, when he has the opportunity to play with Sven Berti and Gage Quinney, that trio has probably been the Silver Knights' best over the last two weeks. Gage Quinney's been in and out of the lineup a little bit, uh, but it's been pretty consistent to have Quine and Berti working together, and that's been a good connection. He's the Henderson Silver Knights version of Jack Eichel. Exactly right. Yeah. The difference being, of course, you know, Jack Eichel was traded for. It's like, okay, when will we get him? You know, Alan Klein was signed in the summer, and it was like one of those things like you're almost going to forget that he's there until he just right. comes lurking out of the shadows. Uh, and again, he's been a great addition, and uh, he's had a long, a long AHL career, and of course, some NHL time with the Islanders and the Flames. But he, he, for a long time, he's been known as a as a good playmaker, and he got his 250th point in the AHL on Sunday in uh, in uh, Tucson. So he's he's giving them right now exactly what they hoped that he would give them. And now, as he gets more and more game under his belt to, to again reestablish his uh, his his touch for the puck, you know he, he's putting up near point per game numbers over the last 10 games as it is. You're going to want uh, to hope that that's going to get even better as we get closer and closer to playoff time. You know, Brian, I, you brought up Logan Thompson, who, who just picked up his first NHL win last week. And, you know, I, I got to ask you how you measure growth in Logan Thompson's game, because obviously his 2020-21 season was phenomenal. The numbers are outstanding. Uh, numbers not quite there this year. But, I mean, from, from a wins perspective, from the getting into the NHL, getting a, a couple of games, winning a game, like, do you look at this season as, as a major growth season for Logan Thompson? I, I think so, because I, I think the the way you measure someone when they have the kind of year that Logan Thompson had last year, which is to say goaltender of the year in the American Hockey League and led in basically every major statistical category, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it would be unfair to say that was a surprise because Logan Thompson knows what he's capable of it, so is the VGK organization. There's a reason they signed him. Having said that, last year he put up video game numbers, which is mm-hmm. yeah. to say that, honestly, it would not be fair to ask anyone to – repeat those precisely you there's going you, you said the numbers are a little bit scaled back well they'd almost have to be you can't, you can't do too much better than he did yeah. so for that matter then it's not so much the proof of okay do it again but it is a matter of play at a high level again be the reason your team wins hockey games again and on top of that yes do be at the top of the statistical rankings you still need to be among, if you want to be named among the best goaltenders in the league you still need to be a best, among the best goaltenders in the league, whether you have a, a 190 goals against the average or not. But that's what Logan Thompson has done. And, and again, the way <laughs> you'd be better of having this conversation with, uh, you know, with, with uh, Mike Rosati or, or with Fred Brathwaite, but you know, sometimes from a broadcast perspective, how do I analyze a, a good goaltender? Does he make all the saves he's supposed to make, and then does he make two or three that he's not supposed to make? And that's what you get from Logan Thompson. He makes two or three stops a night at the AHL level. And, of course, he just got his first NHL win. But he makes two or three saves that he has no business making. And that's where you can see where a goaltender starts to dictate the way a game is played is when you can see a shooter double-clutching, making the extra pass, trying to over-perfect the attack because they don't have the confidence that they can beat a goaltender clean. And that's what you see with Logan Thompson when he's at his best, and, and he has been for most of the last two years there's an intimidation factor where he's impacting the way that teams approach the offensive zone. Uh, and again, not, not too many goaltenders do that. And that's why when Logan Thompson is with the Silver Knights, they're a much, much, much harder team to beat. Uh, and that's why he's done the promotion for the time being. 
we've we've talked to Logan. We've talked about his style and his approach uh, to the uh, to the game and trying to quiet his game down a little bit because he's so athletic and, and flexible. And sometimes you can get uh, a little bit out uh, of the of the the zone of, of trying to make saves. Did you see that against San Jose when when he played that game? Because it looked like uh, he was calmer and more uh, at home than he was in his first game against Nashville, in which he gave the team a chance to win in that game. Darren, I, I apologize. I think I'm, I'm losing a little bit. I, uh, a birthday party has moved into my vicinity, and I think they've ruined the reception along with them. So, you, you sorry, can we try that you, one more time? Well, you know what's funny is I was going to say, <laughs> joining us live from a, a, an eight-year-old's birthday party as uh, as he as he talks about the Henderson Silver Knights to the kids is uh, is Brian McCormick. But it, yeah, uh, broadcast voice and party clown, Brian McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to move off Logan Thompson. Uh, just give me the update on, on uh, the Dollar Loan Center. And when oh, the Henderson Silver Knights are going to embark on, on that transition from the Orleans? Yeah, I was over at the DLC this morning, and it's funny. I, the way I keep uh, describing it is, you know, my parents are building a house right now for their retirement. And you kind of get used to the conversations of what the progress is supposed to be. Like, okay, the house will be ready in June, but then we'll do the pool next summer, and we'll do the gardening the year after that. Watching this arena be built, you almost forget that by the time it opens, everything has to be done. Right. So with that, you know, every week it's just leaps and bounds, whether it's the palm trees installed outside, the plaza taking shape. I went in today and all the interior uh, wraps and wallpapers are done. It, it looks uh, it looks ready. And, and, you know, waiting until April 2nd is going to be is going to be tough to do. But uh, it's, it's about to get underway with. Uh, activities this coming week, the State of the City Address, and then there's Big West Basketball, and the Nighthawks will start on the 18th, I believe, uh, with indoor football, and then the Silver Knights April 2nd will open up. So, uh, again, each and every time, I I believe there are are, uh, photo albums, or at least there will be, of the interior of the building going up in the next couple of days uh, on social sites, but... It's it's unlike any other building of its of its size in the American Hockey League. It'll seat six thousand for hockey. The, the furthest the furthest away you can be, the, the 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 top of the lower bowl. I feel like I could trip forward and hit my head on the glass. Like there are no bad seats, there are no nosebleeds. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be tight. It's going to be uh, loud, and it's going to feel like a, a mini T-Mobile. So. Uh, it's it's just about ready. I, maybe the last thing they have to do is polish the doorknobs, and it'll be ready for me to go in and call hockey games. So I can't wait. If it's as loud as the birthday party, then it's going to be an intimidating place to play. Yeah, so they're not invited, and then neither they didn't give me a hat. They didn't give me one of those little noisemakers. Nothing. <laughs> no, nobody's taking a swipe at you. Like there's not a pinata, or they're not playing. They, nobody's poked you in the butt, pin the tail on the donkey, are they? Make me a bicycle clown. That's that's what I get thrown in my drink. <laughs> hey, uh, we'll uh, look forward to your call tomorrow night, and then of course on on Saturday afternoon, Henderson Silver Knights uh, opening up this series against the San Diego Gulls. Uh, you've been a busy guy today, and it continues on. Uh, thanks for squeezing us in, pal. Thanks for having me on, guys. And Darren, we're shoulder to shoulder on Saturday, so I'm gonna make sure I do my homework because I uh, I, I, I gotta make sure I'm prepared when I've got you by my side. All I'm going to do on that broadcast with you is look at you and say, you're the best. You take it. 
Good, good. If I could get that kind of thing <laughs> at home, I wouldn't have to come on this show so often. Uh, there's Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, joining guys. us on the VGK Insider Show as we broadcast live from Henderson Volkswagen, the Valley Automall. Uh, this is uh, Finley Volkswagen uh, with an opportunity to win a couple of tickets to the Golden Knights against the Colorado Avalanche. So people are walking around here. I don't think they want to bother us while we're on the air. Mm. So uh, if you if you do want to scoot in here and pick up the green pen, We'll give you the tickets, even though these people are, are here first right now. So there's still an opportunity to get in here and win the tickets uh, to the team, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the Dollar Loan Center, though, mm-hmm. that uh, is is opening up uh, with basketball and then uh, the uh, Indoor Football League. I don't know whether you had a chance to get down there yet, but it is so cool. And there's there's going to be a, like the Nevada Sports Hall of Fame is going to be located there. Uh, there's the there's going to be a castle uh, at the one end, like uh, like T-Mobile Arena. Mm-hmm. There's so many cool things about it. So like my my favorite thing about you know being at like at T-Mobile is is when everything's done and you start to see different things about the arena that maybe you never really thought of or, or expected. Um, that's where I'm at with with Dollar Loan Center. Like I cannot wait to get into that into that rink, but really get into that rink, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like just spend some time when it's a little bit quieter and, and it's not so raucous. Like I imagine it's just going to be one of the coolest environments in the AHL. I really do because that's what was created at the NHL level. I have no doubt that it's going to be there at the AHL level. But like I, I'm really excited to just get to that rink for a hockey game and experience what that atmosphere is going to be like, and even and even tighter more intimate feel it's going to be awesome a programming update on the vgk insider show a special guest joining us at the top of the clock i'll tell you all about that as we continue on and return with the play of the day on the vgk insider show fox sports las vegas from finley volkswagen in henderson this is the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas 98.9 fm and 1340 a.m now back to darren millard and ryan wallace just confirmed, head coach Pete DeBoer, Vegas Golden Knights, will join us in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Stick around for that. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. We are out at Finley Volkswagen in Henderson uh, on location today. Come on by and uh, check out the vehicles, uh, chat a little hockey with us, and also uh, pick up those two tickets. Uh, we had a tie, so we gave them both two tickets. So I just want to make sure that we give do this right. So we, the green pen remains. We're going to give away three sets of tickets today. We've already given away two, three sets of tickets. Look so come you. on by. Come on Generous by uh, right guy. now. One more set of tickets uh, available uh, to uh, see the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, time for the play of the day. A little history involving Corey Perry, whose nickname is Worm. Circuit to pick up to Maroon across the blue line left circle. Time Maroon is checked by Lagason. Maroon stays with it left corner. Gets it loose. Sergachev score! Did Perry tip that? I think Perry touched it. Goal number 400 for Corey Perry! Sergachev took the shot. And Corey Perry, if he touched that, it's goal number 400. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Corey Perry, congratulations. Goal number 400. And he makes it 4-1 Lightning. Good shot by Sergachev. And a great tip by Perry. 
It's one of my favorite radio broadcasts in the National Hockey <laughs> yep. League. Uh, Dan and Gary do a great job, and I love listening to Dave Mishkin and Phil Esposito do their thing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Hall of Famer, Phil Esposito, he just jumps in whenever he wants. He's yeah. got that. He's got that cachet, and he goes in. But a big goal, 400th for the Worm, uh, Corey Perry, who's playing on a line with Pat Maroon. Uh, I spent a lot of time this week talking to Pat Maroon on the Chirp podcast. Okay. That guy, he can bring it. Sure. We do talk everything from chirping to Corey Perry. He says Corey Perry now plays on his line. <laughs> when they were in well, Anaheim, Pat Maroon played yeah. on Corey Perry's line sure. with Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah. But now that Perry has joined the Tampa Bay Lightning and they're playing on the fourth line, it's now Perry who plays on Maroon's line. Well, and I mean, rubs it in every chance he gets. Listen, Pat Maroon is, is a three-time Stanley Cup champion, so yep. clearly Corey Perry is playing on Pat Maroon's line. I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, you know, I, Corey Perry, 400 goals. Like This is just a guy that's always played on the edge right up to that line, uh, and he's, he's performed. He's put the puck in the back of the net. It, it's hard not to root for a guy that's continuing to do it this late into his career. I got some great intel from uh, John Cooper and Darren Pang mm. on Pat Maroon. And I was supposed to ask Pat Maroon about the Chub Club uh, because <laughs> it was when he was playing junior, he had to ride the extra bike to, to lose some weight. Yeah. And and then John Cooper gave Pat Maroon the heads up on it. So it kind of went, my, my <laughs> surprise uh, went, went sideways. And then he started chirping back to me. Uh, but he's got this great story about uh, beaking with Patrick Laine recently mm. and the going back and forth there. Really? Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to, to watch. And he actually, the, how he gets his intel on people is really a cool story. He puts work into it. Really? Yeah. Those, those, it's not just, some of it's off the cuff when he's beaking people. Sure. But a lot of the chirps come from actual research. So it's uh, it's uh, downloadable wherever you get your podcast, The Chirp with uh, Darren Millar with Pat Marone. Uh, a lot of fun. Just like that cool guy. Seems like it. Like, yeah. I, I like a player that puts a little bit of extra time and energy into into what he's going to say to his opponents on the ice. I think that's fantastic. And he wants he wants people to be more outgoing. Yeah. Uh, to grow the game. Like well, Kucherov, yeah. Kucherov being half cut at the podium. <laughs> thought that was great. Great. Great for the NHL. Yeah. So we got to we got to get uh, some more of that coming. Uh, Pete DeBoer is coming up hour number 2 live from Finley Volkswagen in Henderson's, the VGK Insider show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.